What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Breakthrough Society podcast. I'm your host, Irvin, and today we have a special guest. We have my good friend, Thomas Keenan. And Thomas, he has a very interesting story, His, uh, the way that he started his entrepreneurial journey. Uh, I relate so much to it. So he co-founded a company, a GPS and a camera installation company called Top Class Installations. And uh, he was a technician, you know, working in the business and he turned CEO. And now Thomas is the COO of Break Free Academy up in Dallas, Texas. And uh, now he's 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 coaching entrepreneurs who do more than who do seven plus figures in their business. So he's uh, I mean, he's he's doing things pretty well <laughs> um you'll definitely want to tune in and listen to this episode especially if you're a business owner man because right after we finished recording i went back and i replayed the whole episode because there was so much value into it and i know you guys are gonna enjoy it too and uh, i hope you have some pen and paper so stay tuned Alright guys, so before we get into the show, I want to say if you haven't joined the Facebook group, go ahead and go to Facebook right now, uh, facebook.com slash Breakthrough Society, and uh, I mean, it's the only thing that's going to fucking pop up there, right? So just go ahead and uh, request to join, and you know, that's where we post daily on there, and uh, we get to know each other a little bit better. We, you know, we... We pretty much keep you updated with you know what we have going on like if we're gonna have daily daily chats on clubhouse so you can join tune in um add value receive value get your questions answered you know whatever shit like that um also if you give value from this episode uh, make sure to share it out to your friends family or anybody else that you know is going to benefit from it um share it on your Instagram, Facebook, social media, tag me and I will repost it. So uh, with that being said, let's get right into the show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Breakthrough Society podcast. I'm your host, Irvin. I'm here with Thomas Keenan today. What's going on, Thomas? What is up, Irvin, man? Grateful to be here, sir. Yeah, man. Thanks for thanks for taking time to, to be on the show, man. I'm excited. Yeah, me too, dude. This is cool. You and I connected a couple weeks back in Pensacola, Florida, um, and here we are, man. <laughs> a few weeks later, we're we're doing a podcast swap, which is which is just cool stuff, dude. Yeah, man. Mastermind was dope. Um, so, first question I always ask my guests is just tell the audience who's Thomas Keenan. I'm pretty sure a lot of them have heard about you. Um, just let them know, you know, your background, what you do. Yeah, for sure. So um, I'm currently the COO uh, over at Break Free Academy in Dallas, Texas. Uh, And we currently, we do a lot of different things. Um, We have events, we have a mastermind group, uh, we have digital courses and a bunch of stuff on and on and on. Um, Where I come from is a whole other story. You know, I started as, uh, as a technician in the automotive business, I started as a car audio installer and transitioned into the CEO of my own multi-million dollar company um, for a, a quite a, for quite a while. And this past September 2020, 
Uh, I moved down here to Dallas, Texas from New York. And by November 1st, I had sold my company. I'd sold my 50% half to my, my existing business partner. And it was just, uh, it was time for change for me. I realized that, um, yeah, the money was good. Yeah, the company was strong, but I needed to live more in congruence with my true purpose, and, and that's to help others succeed in business. And by me moving over to a full-time role at Break Free Academy, it really unlocked that potential for me. Nice, man. So um, reading your book and, and knowing a little bit about you know your background and where you started like as a technician, like you were working literally the whole day in your business as opposed to on your business the way that mm -hmm. it's supposed to be. And just reading that, like that resonated so much with me, right? Because I have the electrical contracting company that I started about two and a half years ago. So started in, in uh, mid-2018. So by 2019, I was getting, you know, busier and busier. And I would literally leave the house at 6 and be back like at 10 at night. And that's that's all I did, you know. And, and at that time, like I thought that that was, you know, like hustling and grinding and, you know, what I was supposed to do pretty much, mm -hmm. you know, like the hustling for 10 years. I thought that that's what it was. And I didn't go to the gym. I didn't eat right. I just ate a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> and then when, whenever you said that you didn't take care of your health, man, I'm just like, man, dude, like I'm just reading pretty much like, you know, my 2019 story. Like what, what were you thinking like throughout those days? Were you thinking like that's what you were supposed to do as well? Or were you like, no, nah, man, I got to get out of this shit? No, I had no idea I was in it. Okay. <laughs> I, I had zero idea. You know, I, I grew up uh, in a family where there was hard work was instilled into you. Yeah. Um, and the answer was just work harder. You know, oh, you're busier. You have more work. Okay, work harder. And you know, it took it took me several years. It took me hanging around the right people. It took me reading a lot of books. It took me investing in in, in coaching and masterminding for me to find out. But hey, there's actually a better way to do this. You know, I had I had no no freaking idea that I was even in it while it was going on. You know that that first like that. You know, you get busy and and you immediately your first thought goes to, oh shit, we just sold all this work. Well, who's gonna do it? Well, <laughs> you know, oh well, it's gonna be me because you know I can't afford anybody, uh, which is a, a self limiting belief. And then it's like you know, well you know what they probably can't do it half as good as I can too. Um, it'll probably take me longer to teach the new guy than to, for me to just go in there and do it myself. And th this is all like bullshit lies that we tell ourselves as small business owners, especially small business owners in a trade. And, uh, man, I'm here to tell you that it doesn't have to be you. You know, part of the problem too, when I was young going through that first business, I love what I did yeah. and that's not a problem. I shouldn't say it's a problem. I love installing. That's that was my purpose at that point in my life, and, and I, I truly enjoyed it. However, I didn't realize how much I was hurting the business by myself doing those ten and twenty dollar an hour tasks. When me as the business owner, I should have been focused on the thousand dollar an hour tasks. Um, and, and until you get clear on that and, and what your time is worth and where you're allocating your time, you're gonna you're gonna basically you're gonna stay on on on. On the the wheel, the rat race, pretty much. Um, so, it, man, it took me some serious heavy duty coaching and getting around the right people to get clarity on that. And and man, it's funny. 
I refused to accept it, even when it was taught to me for quite some time. And I remember I hired this coach up in New York and uh, I was working with him for like six months. He had told me this whole thing. We had gone through this exercise in his office around the three month mark. And then around the six month mark, I actually decided to go ahead and really do the homework that he had given me, um, which a lot of that turned into the time study that's in my book. And uh, when I actually did the time study and and physically wrote down where I was spending every minute of my life, it was like I was hit with a freight train of reality. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I wasted so much time over here doing this. You know, as a business owner, we think it's yes, everything does fall on you. Ultimately, you are responsible for doing everything. However, it doesn't have to be you doing it. Simple as that. Yeah, <laughs> man, dude, that's awesome. And I t- I tried last week doing that time frame, man. But, you know, at first it's like hard to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, today I actually like wrote down from like five to right now, like what I've been doing. Yep. And, uh, you know, I'm just like looking back at it and I'm like, you know, these times I was bullshitting pretty much. <laughs> yep. You're going to see a lot of that. And that's the biggest trend. And it makes us you know, but by day three of that time study, you're like, oh my God, I'm a useless human. I can't believe how many hours a day that I waste. I spent how many hours on social media? You know, I spent how many hours scrolling through Facebook or I spent how many hours, you know, uh, writing my coach, my coach in New York used to call it busyness, not business. Mm. (laughs) So you tell yourself that you're busy and you're doing all these things for your business to operate and generate money. But really, it's busyness that just makes you think you're doing a lot and basically satisfies that need in your head for you to stay busy. Yeah. See, like, that's that's how I always feel. I always feel like, I mean, you get those real days that at the end of the day, you feel like, oh, man, you know, like I was literally busy the whole day, you know, just on my phone doing shit, you know, things pop up, then you got to take care of that. And, mm-hmm. But then, like, you look back and you're like, man, well, like, I didn't really get shit done, you know, but. Yep. I spent the whole day doing stuff. Like, what the fuck? Like, where did all that time go? Hell yeah. Like, I'm still, like, that's why, like, I really, like, need to get into this, like, the time frame. Yep. Because um, I want to just, like, you know, like, live and die by the calendar, pretty much. You just said it right there, my friend. Live and die by the calendar. Because if you're not living and dying by the calendar, you're living in a reactive state. Yeah. And everything that comes up in your life and in your business, you're reacting to it. You're reacting to that customer with a problem. You're reacting to that employee who's got questions. You're reacting to the the sales call. And, and granted, these are all things that you need to do as you're building and growing and scaling that company. But there comes a point in time when you realize it and you're like, wait a second. But if I just put somebody else in this role and train them up on, on let's just break it down. Three simple tasks. This is what they do. These are the big three items that you handle for me. I'm going to train you on these three tasks and you're going to get so proficient at them that I'm going to do the customer a disservice if I jump in and try to help you. Because as business owners, we, um, first off, for the most part, we're unicorns, right? Um, we, we can do it all. We can actually <laughs> service the customer. We can sell it. Shit. We can do the accounting on the back end. We can order the supplies. We can order the materials. Uh, we can do the estimate. We, I mean, from A to Z, we do it all. Yeah. <laughs> right. We make sure that the work truck is, is registered, has insurance, has gas in it, 
all that crap. Uh, like, like we do it all. And we expect the people that we bring into our company to also be able to do it all. And that's just that's that's where we fail. So we have to start chunking down each of the job roles into what I call the big three. So, you know, what are the first big three things that you as the business owner are responsible for? And let's let's take, for instance, the CEO. The CEO's big three of a company is to grow the team, manage the finances and establish the vision. That's it. Anything above and beyond that is outside the role of the CEO. So you 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 basically do this. You build an organizational chart for your whole team, what it is now, what you need it to be in the future, and you build a big three. You list out those big three items for each role. And if you can't come up with a big three for each of those seats, then you hold off and you don't hire for that position. But once you've got a big three, boom, new job role just popped up. And that big three, of those, those are the three main pieces that now become the job description that you're going to put together and post out there on your Indeed, your ZipRecruiters, Facebook, or however you're going to go out and, uh, and hire your candidates. There's awesome bombs, bro. <laughs> like that, what you said about um, like uh, replying to the customer that's like always that, you know, they ask you questions, you know, and you have to like, you feel like the need to reply to them real quick. Mm -hmm. I used to do that all the time. And then a couple months back, I was thinking like, man, I can't, I can't reply fast because then I get sidetracked from what I'm doing. Yep. Right. So that's like, I just started like forgetting to reply and this and that. And, and now I'm like, shit, man, like, like I really need to get somebody to like take care of this and then take mm -hmm. care of like the materials or the warehouse or whatever, it's, you know, supply. Yeah. I just feel like overwhelmed now. Absolutely. With all this. Absolutely. You know, that's why we block time everything. And that's why living and dying by the calendar is so important. You know, if you set if you set two blocks per day, one one in the in the morning and one in the afternoon, a block times, and it could be 30 minute blocks, it could be 15 minute blocks. You got to figure that out on your own. But those blocks are for replying to your customers or checking okay. emails. So in those block times, those are the only times that you are actually in a reactive state during a day. But you're really not in a reactive state because you proactively program that into your schedule. So you're controlling your time. <laughs> shit okay yep. yeah man Dude, it's, it's people overcomplicate the shit out of it and it doesn't need to be that difficult yep. uh, the, the biggest challenge is us getting out of our own way because you're going to go into work tomorrow and you're going to go right back into the same routine and then you're going to start doing something and you're like oh shit i had to talk with tom last night yeah i gotta, <laughs> I gotta fix this and then you're going to start fixing it slowly let me tell you something bro I live and die by the calendar now. Okay. If I didn't, I wouldn't have been on this call with you tonight. Okay. Um, but be, my whole point here is this before I get sidetracked too. <laughs> <laughs> it took me three years to start really living and dying by the calendar. It was a Shit. slow progression for three freaking years before I started really looking at that calendar as if it's my real boss. Yeah. So it was it was a difficult transition. And if if I had stayed in the field as the technician doing the work, I could have never have lived and died by the calendar. You know, I had I had my office staff, my installation coordinators, the people who are actually booking work, they were in charge of my calendar. I mean, how how ludicrous is that? And I'm not looking to put anybody down by by pay grade whatsoever, 
But I've got an employee making forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year in control of the calendar of a company that's worth a couple million bucks and someone who's taking home two hundred grand plus a year. Does that make any sense? Yeah. No, it doesn't. So I have this person who's responsible for booking work, who actually has control of my calendar, is putting stuff on my calendar, on my plate all day long. And they're doing what I told them to do when I didn't know any better. They're booking those those jobs, booking the installs. Hey, you got an appointment to go see this customer. Hey, head to New Jersey and do 10 installs. Hey, head to upstate New York and do three repairs. Oh, hey, go to the east end of Long Island and do two more installs out there. So you add up all these crazy locations. You add up all the drive time. And holy shit, I had uh, probably four or five hours worth of actual work physical like manual labor book for the day but you add up all the drive time in between and, that, and now you have a 17 hour day so where where does the health fit fitness and, and taking care of yourself come in where does the time with your wife and kids or your significant other come in where, where does the self-care for you come in where does the rest for you come in oh and don't forget when you get home from the road you got to bill out all the customers and do all the back-end work Shit. so you actually can yep. make the money it's crazy. I just lived an upside down life like that for so long. And, and finally I said, you know what, man, this is, it's got to go. And, um, man, the resistance that I got when I started to make those changes and say, no, 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 no this isn't how we're going to do it anymore. And I, I got resistance from, from just about everybody in my life, except for my wife. So if it's something that you're going through or you're going to transition or one of the listeners here is going to transition through, Expect expect to get hit by people who you wouldn't expect to get hit by. Yeah, I know everybody will benefit this for sure because that's where 99% of the people are stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started to realize this same thing that you that you're saying, like 2020, pretty much when all this like COVID, the lockdown started happening. That's when I started doing 75 hard, or with mm-hmm. the, my first attempt to it. You know, I was thinking about it since 2019. Yep. Um, but I was like, I don't have time for it because of work. <laughs> uh, when all this like COVID lockdown, like it wasn't planned, but that's when I started it. Um, that's when I started getting serious about my health, what I eat, my vitamins, working out, um, you know, like family. Um, I'm making note now of like, you know, going at least once a month down to my parents' house, five, hour, five and a half hour drive and, uh, you know, just spending the time with them. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm trying to like whenever I spend time with them over there, I'm trying to do like the least work that I can, um, just because I've you know I've over 2020 like the past months and even January like I lost some of my closest friends, and you know I just realized that I mean you just never know like a minute from now is not guaranteed. Yeah. So um, like I'm trying to you know I'm realizing this so I'm trying to trying to make make time for, you know, everything else that's important besides my business, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I think it's so important to be present. And that's, that's something else that, the, you know, living and dying by the calendar tells us to do. You know, you're programming in those date nights, you're programming in that time to go see your parents. Um, you're programming in that time to go hang out with your friends. And while you're there hanging out with your friends, be present. You hang yeah. out with your friends, you don't have to have your phone out all the time. You know, you you can put your phone down for a half hour, 20 minutes and, and just interact like two humans. It's not going to kill you. You're not going to miss out on that, that, you know, monstrous deal. 
You know, I, I guarantee you if it's a big deal and the customer really wants to work with you and it's the right customer, they're still going to be there when you get back from that 20 minute, whatever you're doing. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's just, uh, again, it's, it, we're in a society and, and I'm no better. I have my issues with my phone where shit, oh, the phone's always with me. It's always in my pocket. Yeah. I'm always looking at it, but there comes a point in time where you have to, you got to cut it off. You got to, you got to separate yourself from it. And I think it's really good for our mental state and mental being as well. Yeah, for sure, man. Because you just always stick with it and it becomes addicting. Yep. And I'm <laughs> fucking going crazy here. So, yeah. yeah, man, like, and I'm starting to realize, like, I spent too much time on the laptop and my phone when I started seeing blind far away. Yep. I'm just like, oh, shit, this is not working out. Yeah, it's so easy to do that, bro. You know, it really is. It's, it's like, dude, the average person is on the phone and on the computer a lot. You you add in the fact that, you know, you're now a business owner and, and I'm sure you're running your own marketing. I'm sure you're running a lot of this stuff in the back end here for your podcast. Uh, you know, you're running all of your 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 probably bookkeeping or billing for your clients. You're ordering materials. You're 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 probably searching out new materials on different websites because someone asked you to do some fucking weirdo project that you've never done before. <laughs> and you've got to go and do three hours of research. Yeah, I, I did all of that shit. And, the, you know, going a little bit deeper here, we don't bill for that research either, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, yeah. oh, it's, it's part I of my school. I kind of enjoy doing it. So you're going out and you're looking at the newest, coolest, you know, RGB LED light kit. Yeah. And <laughs> three hours of your time is gone, but we never build a client for that shit. So, but yeah, man, I get it totally, dude. Yeah, man. So, like, how... So the business, the... Top, top class, you uh, started it with a partner, correct? Yep. So I'm, I'm guessing like whenever you started it at that time, it was it was your baby. Hell yeah. <laughs> it was my baby for a long ass time. I started that business in September 2009. Um, okay. Let's backtrack a second. So my first business was, uh, I think I was 21 when I started it. I had that business for five years. I did custom car audio and fabrication. Uh, I closed that business down. Actually, I didn't close it. I crashed it down to the ground because it was on fire because I had fucked it up so bad. Um, went to work for for a friend of mine for three years and basically learned a lot more about business. Um, I was the, the audio manager of a basically an aftermarket uh, automotive store. We did everything. We did lift kits, wheels, tires, you know, brakes, like a bunch of cool shit. We, we, we put out some cool vehicles in that shop. But I was the guy who did all the electronics and the audio. Um, so I, I was there for three years, was able to dig myself out of the financial hole, the rut that I put myself in um, with my own business. And then, you know, the entrepreneurial itch and bug came back just as I got married. So I got married to my wife in September 2009. I'm sorry, July 2009. And by September, I had quit my job and started this new business, Top Class Installations, with my partner. And yeah, man, we, it was my passion. That was it. And the cool thing was, yeah, I'm I'm working for myself again. Uh, We're still, we're heavily involved in installs. We're still doing audio. We're still doing, you know, remote starts, drop down TVs. We're we're still doing emergency lighting in some vehicles. Um, And oh yeah, by the way, we do GPS as well. Oh, and by the way, yeah, we do dash cameras. (laughs) And, And we just found ourselves doing all this work. And the, one of the biggest kicks right to my dick was this, and it took me 
took me several years of, of shoveling the shit against the tide to realize this and figure it out. It's so blatantly obvious when I tell you this, you're going to be like, come on, man, how'd you not know? I didn't know because I was too damn close. You know when you're too close to, and, and like you're too emotionally attached to what you do that you can't see the big picture? Yep. So it took me stepping out of the role a little bit before I could say, oh, what the fuck did I just do? So we were installing remote starts like crazy. Um, I happened to have a good skill. I was great at it. My partner was great at it. And come wintertime in New York, I mean, it got cold and it's remote start season, probably from like the end of October to mid-January, February-ish. Dude, we could do we could do six a day per guy. Okay. And the average average ticket is probably three hundred to four hundred bucks per vehicle. Uh you're probably putting hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars profit in your pocket per vehicle so you do six of those a day and i mean it's not a bad gig and nine times out of ten the person's paying you cash money so you know you're putting five six seven eight hundred bucks in your pocket a day yeah you bust your ass and you come home with really sore hands and bloody (laughs) knuckles but we made good money doing it and the problem was you get comfortable Right. So this is awesome. Now we're spending time with this man. We're ordering supplies. So the cost of goods sold, the cost of the materials is high. You know, each vehicle is anywhere from 50 to 200 bucks in, in, in materials, depending on you know what system we're putting in. And we got to order the stuff, lay out the, ca- the money for it with credit card, cash, whatever. Uh, we get the list of vehicles. We, we actually sell the jobs, get the list of vehicles and schedule them all out. Right. And then the night before we would actually prep all of the the kits so you open a a remote store box and it's just bare wires and not bare wires they're insulated but it's it's a harness yeah it's a harness full of 30 different connections or so and you've got to now go in there and manipulate this thing and get it ready to install it into the exact year making model vehicle that you're you're putting it into you got to plug it into a computer you got to flash a module you got to you know some of the wires aren't used you're cutting them off and taping them off uh, sometimes you got to add additional relays or uh, diodes, like just just shit like that, in order to to make this thing ready to go into the vehicle. So you, you're adding even more time on top of it. So you calculate that in, and it's like, all right, well, did I really make 150 bucks in this car today? No, not really. <laughs> Especially when you spent three hours the night before sitting on the kitchen floor like a serial killer uh, <laughs> prepping these these remote starts, right? And to top it off. We think we're doing great with all these remote start installs in the winter, yet we soon find out that we're so focused on the $300 job that we're missing the $30,000, and $50,000 fleet jobs because our schedules were, were filled up doing those small jobs. They were passing us over for these large fleet projects because we weren't available. I think Ed Milet says it. Your best ability is your availability. Yeah, we weren't available. So I was letting $40,000 projects go out the window because I was too busy doing a remote start for three or 400 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> thinking you're making good cash. Yep. Thinking you're making good cash. Oh, man. Yep. Yep. And, you know, the 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 the, the fleet work is, is a whole different ballgame. You know, I don't know if you see this kind of stuff on what you do. But, you know, going back to the remote start, you got 30, 40 connections of vehicles sometimes, right? And it, it takes a really skilled technician to install them properly, okay? 
the fleet work is a basic tracking device is three wires three wires so 30 or 40 wires versus three wires uh, i get paid 75 bucks or so to, to put a three wire device in takes me 15 to 20 minutes i call it an 800 number i verify it make sure it's, it's sending a signal and it's operational i write down the serial number some of the vehicle information and i submit an invoice <laughs> so all said and done uh, let's call it 37 minutes i'll make 75 bucks multiply that times a couple hundred or a couple thousand vehicles in a fleet so that's why the fleet work was so lucrative and that's what drew me to it because i saw that it was such a big it had such big potential compared to uh the audio and, and the remote start world um and honestly you know we wound up working we weren't working as hard but making 10 times the money <laughs> yes it's kind of appealing i don't care who you are um, but then it got to a point where it was like, all right, cool. We we have so much work getting thrown at us that my partner and I couldn't handle it. Well, sure, let's go start to hire people. We we uh, we had a couple of uh, I'll call just call them lucky hires, people that we hired who who were a good fit and are still with the company to this day, even after I'm I'm gone. Um, but in between those few and far between good ones, we had some just complete dog shit, awful hires. And uh, I, I wrote up my book, too. You, you probably heard the story. But I remember walking into my coach's office one day, and I'm like, Dean, we went and we got a cup of coffee um, in his kitchen. Yeah. And he's like, you all right, dude? And I'm like, no. I was, like, stressed out beyond belief. Dude, I, was probably, I probably have more gray hair then than I do now. <laughs> he's like, uh, dude, you all right? You don't look good. And I'm like, no, man. Actually, I had three hires, like, back to back to back in a row that were complete dog shit and I don't, I don't know what to do anymore. And he's like, bro, because I've been telling you now for about a year that you need to get clear in your core values. Yeah. And once you get clear in your core values, we need to design a hiring process to pull your candidates through. And basically, we need to figure out if their values match you and your company. And he goes, if you're not willing to do that, then you're going to continue to fight this battle until the day you die. And he couldn't have been more right. We took the next six months, got clear on our core values, designed hiring processes, designed onboarding processes, designed firing processes, believe it or not. So if we had to let somebody go, hey, this is the process we put them through to make sure all that shit's done legit. Um, and it, it just made a world of difference. You know, from that point forth, we started hiring people and they were sticking around for a long term. So instead of someone not even making it to the 90 day mark, we had people working for us two, three, four, five and six years. Big difference. Yeah, that's the part that I was read. Um, the the hiring process. That's the that's the part that I just finished reading today. I, I'm not sure if it was uh, chapter nine. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So when I'm I'm reading it, like it's hard for me to stick. Like when I'm reading a book, like it's hard for me to read all my ten pages all the way through nonstop. Mm -hmm. This is the only time that I've done that. <laughs> like 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 I always get you know sidetracked. Or, you know I get my yeah. phone check what time it is kind of thing. This is like the only time that I went through all the 10 pages. I think it was more than 10 pages, like all the way through. And I'm like, oh, yeah. shit, dude, this is what I need to do. Well, that's and, cool, man. Yeah, man. Appreciate that. And I, I appreciate wrote, you. I appreciate you reading the book and getting some value from it and, and being here, too. It's awesome. Yeah. And I, I wrote here um, tomorrow. One of my to do's tomorrow is to um, like start start trying to make, you know, like the description for an add on. Indeed. Mm -hmm. Um but, you know, trying to 
like starting it tomorrow and then seeing seeing you know what I can what I can start yep. like adding 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 from there. So you want another hack? Yeah, <laughs> it's a really good book too. It's called uh, uh, Steal Like an Artist, and um, I do this all the time. I steal everyone's shit. So go on Indeed and search for the role you're looking for. Okay. Okay, and find two, three, or four of them, and look at the description that they use. Copy and paste it into a note, whether it's a Google Doc, a Word Doc, an iNote. It doesn't make a difference. Um, and then take the pieces of each of those ads that you like. And basically Frankenstein all of those ads into one <laughs> and make it yours. Yeah. Cut out all the fluff, all the bullshit that doesn't align with you. Use the pieces that, that you know, work for you. You might have to reword some of them, but that will get, let, let someone else do the hard work. You're just going in there and copying what, you know, as long as that list is a bulleted list and gets right to the point, hey, this is who we are. This is what we're looking for. These are the roles and responsibilities, like boom, 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 boom. You, you drop them out in, in a bulleted format. And then the bottom is, you know, if you if you read my hiring process, I don't like people submitting shit through Indeed. Yeah. It doesn't tell me anything about that person. I like to design hiring hoops. So the person has to jump through a hoop. If they don't jump through the hoop, they're like Mr. Wonderful and Shark Tank says they're dead to me. So I want that hiring hoop installed so it automatically eliminates that candidate because 90% of the candidates that come through the hiring process are complete dog shit. I hate to break it to anybody who's listening, but it's just the God's honest truth. So the the first hoop that I always install is fill out this application here at this link or uh, and indeed you can say send an email to me at this email address with this exact subject line if you want to be considered for this job. And if that person doesn't do it, then they don't know how to follow basic directions. If you can't follow basic directions, you, you're you not working for me. Yeah, that's something that I did uh, last year, but it wasn't, I mean, it was still like, like some simple ass shit mm -hmm. that like I look back and it's like, you know, like it wasn't too complex kind of thing. So I still got some shitty ass people, but I like made you know the ad, the description, and all that, and in in all the wording towards the end, um, I I put in there, uh, text me to this phone number with with this phrase, mm -hmm. and uh, I had like a hundred and plus people apply, and I had maybe eight that yep. actually texted me. And I met with like six of them. Mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> it made, you, made all... your life real easy because oh, you had a hundred and something people who, who would have wasted your time, literally wasted your time, if not cost your company money. And see you later. Knock them right. Dude, I don't even read a resume at this point. If you can't follow my simple directions, what I'm asking you to give me information. Yeah. Get it. <laughs> and, and now at Break Free Academy, I've automated that shit. So uh, we use a software called ClickUp, which is awesome. It's like Monday.com. Uh, but a lot cheaper, to be honest with you. And they're they're an up and coming software. They just got some venture capital behind them, and they're gonna blow that sucker up like like crazy. I think it's they got a free version of it, and they got a paid version right now. That's I think it's nine dollars a month per user. It's it's dumb cheap. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we we built out a hiring process in ClickUp, and ClickUp also has a form tool built into it. So the you fill out the form, you get dropped into the ClickUp board, right? And then I have an automation set inside of ClickUp that if you do not email me within 48 hours, it basically throws up a red flag on this thing and tells me to 
to take you and dump you into the you're dead to me pile. <laughs> so you know the process that I go through there is they fill out the form and click up. They apply there. So they give me their name, their email. They upload a resume. They upload a cover sheet, a cover letter. I'm not reading that shit. I want to see that you actually are uploading it. I can't even begin to tell you how many people have eliminated themselves from the hiring process because they'll upload the resume, but they won't upload the cover letter or vice versa. Okay. And the next thing, so they submit this form. It kicks off the system, sets a 48-hour timer. If they don't, if they don't follow up with the next step, which I'll tell you in a second, I know to just eliminate them immediately. The the second, so the thank you page. When when you fill out this form, the thank you page that pops up afterwards says, "Hey, thanks, we received your information. You now have 48 hours to provide me with the following." And it it's role dependent. So. For instance, uh, most of the roles we hire are sales related. So if they're in sales, it literally says you've got 48 hours to send me a 30 to 60 second selfie style video explaining to me why you want the job or why we should hire you. (laughs) So you're in sales. okay? if you are shy and you don't want to actually send me a a video, then how are you going to call my my contacts? How are you going to follow up with my leads? So I mean I, I had a dude I had a dude uh, a couple of weeks ago shit we may we might have even been in Florida when this happened um, dude f- connects with me on Facebook DM sees a, a post that I put up about hiring fills out the uh, the form and shoots me a DM and says hey um. He shoots me a screenshot of it like I've never seen it before. <laughs> he goes, hey, do I really have to send in this video? <laughs> like, no, no, you're fucking special. You're dead to me. <sighs> he didn't, I didn't respond to him. It, it's just um, – it's simple, simple directions that trip up a lot of people. And my whole point with it is this. If you can't follow a simple direction now, what are you going to be like six months from now when I ask you to do something difficult for me? Like, do I really have to do that? Right. He's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, dog. Yeah, that's, that's part of it. Do I really have to do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's funny because uh, prior to that, he had sent me a DM telling me how amazing he was and all all the marketing accolades and sales awards that he had won over his career. Okay, cool. You, you still didn't do <laughs> that shit to do. Yeah. You could do that shit somewhere else. Yep. Keep doing that shit someplace else. And if if that someplace else was so good, you wouldn't be looking for a new job. Yeah. <laughs> There's something that's that uh that Stuman had said at the at the Apex Live was um that he that he tells them like um that they're gonna like clean up toilets mm-hmm. and then and then they're gonna you know, that's gonna scare them away even though they don't have to do that, you know. But yep. you know, if if they go for it then, you know, they're they're the kind of person that won't do anything. Yep. Yeah, um, we, we've used it a couple times. Uh, I've seen it used very heavily in the blue-collar industry. I've got a, a past client of mine. won't mention his name. He's a very wealthy guy, um, very successful guy, built crazy-ass businesses. And believe it or not, this guy's a diesel mechanic by trade. He works on high-end yachts. Okay, He's got a really 
badass place down in South Carolina where he does his work out of. And someone comes into his shop and says, hey, I want to work with you. And they say, oh, I'm a skilled mechanic. I've been you know, a diesel mechanic 10, 15, 20 years. Again, I got all these accolades. Cool. Day one, the refrigerator's over there. Here's all the cleaning supplies. <laughs> Go ahead and clean it. And he knows immediately if they're going to last because those who are up in their high horse think that that work is beneath them. Yeah. And I'm not doing that. All right. Have a nice day. <laughs> you know, because realistically, it's not that I'm going to make you do it, but the simple fact that you're willing to do anything for the team tells me a lot about you and your character. Yeah. I would definitely check with Harold from HR before you do anything like that, though. Depending upon the state that you live in, you may have some crazy rules and laws on it. <laughs> that's that's my that's my 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 disclaimer. <laughs> yeah like w once i heard him say that i was like gosh oh, dude i have to put this in the indeed i was like if you got a clean toilets uh hit me up <laughs> and that's gonna same thing is gonna weed everybody out mm -hmm. yeah that's just it man like um you know one of the, one of the the hoops that i instilled or installed for for a top class with our installation text was this Here's the hiring process. You kick off, you fill out the application. And I had it set up a little different at Top Quest. At Top Quest, we had a, uh, on our website, we had um, a careers tab. So on the careers tab was a form. You filled out that form. That form was linked to our uh, CRM, which sent out an automated response that said, hey, I received your information. Uh, you've got 48 hours to fill out this online assessment. Click this link to go ahead and do it. Okay, excuse me. That online assessment was a 10-question test. Again, I'm not looking at the answers of this test until much further along in the hiring process. As long as you submit that test to me and do what I'm asking you to do, I'm going to bring you along to the next stage in the process. And the funny thing is that that 10-question test Eight of the questions were multiple choice, and you could Google the answers. The other two questions were situational based. If this situation popped up in your day, how would you handle it? I'm not looking for you to write a, an essay or a novel. Just write a quick sentence or a blurb saying, hey, if the customer uh, had a, a bad experience here, this is what I would do. It could be very simple, but I can't be, even begin to tell you how many people eliminated themselves from, from the installation uh, GPS installer role because they didn't follow simple directions. And I, I'm grateful for that, honestly. You know, um, if you go into Google, they have these uh, calculators that you can you can search that are cost of a bad hire. And they're all over the place. There's a bunch of them. They're basically just Excel files where you start entering in the data in there. So, okay. Uh, how many hours estimated for training? Let's say it's 40. Click 40 hours at whatever hourly rate. Uh, what is your marketing cost? What is the cost for your swag that you give a new employee when they come in? T-shirts, hats, sweatshirts, that kind of shit. Uh, do you have a vehicle that you give people when they come in? And if you do, you know, you got to sign it to them. Uh, do you have an I iPad or, uh, you know, any kind of tablet or phone? What tools are you giving this person? And you, you start dropping all of these these pieces in. You know, how much you spent for the job ad to get that person in, 
right? You start entering all this crap in there and it calculates it and it spits out a disgusting number. So if you have a bad hire, you know, for instance, uh, a bad GPS installer, when we figured it out, was like a thirty-six to forty-six thousand dollar hit. By the time you calculated all of the the lost time and lost resources, bringing that person through the hiring process, uh, getting them on the team, setting up their their email stuff, all the HR work that goes in behind it, you start adding all of that stuff into it, and it was a massive loss. Even if you brought that person on for one day and they didn't work out. So that's why, you know, all the all the gurus and the guys on Shark Tank will tell you that you have to hire slow and fire fast. So, yeah, hire really slow. Make sure that person's the right fit before you bring them on. Yeah, that's insane. That's man, like a whole bunch of people think this shit is like simple stuff. They don't they don't see like the back end and and all like the different pieces that go together to form the company and the business. Yep. Yeah, for sure, man. I, dude, I, I had no idea when I started. Same. You know, I had zero <laughs> idea. But it, it, it took me, like anything else, you know, I didn't know what I was doing when I started Car Audio either. I'm sure you didn't know what the hell you were doing the first house you went into pre-wire yeah. or rough out. You know, it's just you got to go in there and do it to learn. Um, But at the same point in time, you know, if you – and I don't, I don't know how, how you learned your skills and your trade uh, for electrical, but, you know, if you went in and you were self-taught – before you became a licensed electrician, it probably took you a, a lot longer to get self-taught before you can go in and take that test and get licensed uh, versus working day-to-day with a mentor or someone who knew what they were doing. They could bring you through that process faster. Now, I know there's a bunch of regulations and rules in your trade because you got to go in for X amount of years and work before you can go in and, and become a licensed electrician and whatnot. Um, but the same thing just goes, I'm just making the analogy for business. You know, you can go in and you can start that business tomorrow and you can smash your head against the wall for the next six, seven, eight years and have a miserable experience. Or you can go and lean on someone like the team uh, that we have at Break Free Academy, where there's hundreds of people who have been through this process. And most of them have been through the process multiple times where we can come in and literally basically just compress time for what we're doing for you. So if it's going to take you three years to smash your head against the wall and get your business successful or starting to generate profits, okay, cool. Well, shit, what if we took that three year and we cut it in half? Now you're only going to smash your head against the wall for a year and a half before you start generating some real profits. I mean, it kind of seems like a no brainer to me. (laughs) Yeah, dude, for sure. Like I spent like what a year and a half or something like that. Like, you know, just starting whenever I started, like I didn't, I started with no plan. I started, mm-hmm. I started with no intention of, of making it a business just as getting, as making some money because I wasn't making any money at the time. Yep. And, uh, I mean, my dad was the one that, that taught me everything, like how to work. So he taught me like the mindset of, of, um, you know, it doesn't matter if you're going to do electrical or not, you know, whenever you grow up, but Whatever, whatever you're gonna do, mechanics, or you're gonna sell clothes, or whatever, just make sure that you go in with the mindset that, like, I'm gonna own this business mm-hmm. instead of like I'm gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna work for anybody, type of deal. Yep. Um, and like I moved to Houston about two and a half years ago to play soccer, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I just started to work just to get some money and to not be bored, and you know I just like fucking turned into the business. Yeah. But um, 
yeah, like I was like a year and a half smashing my head. I mean, I'm still smashing my head. <laughs> but dude, I still do it too. I mean, it's, yeah. it's things that it, a part of smashing your head is is the growing pains you experience as you evolve as a business owner and a leader. So yeah. you've got to expect some of it. Um, but there's certain things that, that nobody needs to, there's, there's certain battles, there's certain losses that people take, certain L's they take that no one needs to take. And if you just had a little bit of guidance, instead of you like walking over the hot coals, we could have dragged you over them real quick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like everyone's going to take their bumps and bruises in business. It's just, it's part of business ownership and it's, it's, I don't know, man, it's kind of part of the beauty of it too, in my opinion, because uh, some of that shit that we have to go through as business owners really makes us strong humans. Like mental, the mental tenacity of a business owner is probably leaps and bounds, light years ahead of of an average human. It's just my opinion on it, honestly. Yeah, that's why one of the was it like the the one of the G's is the struggles make you stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, that's what I'm. I'm I'm getting my mindset to think that every every morning when I do my gratitude minutes, I always yep. tell myself on repeat that the struggles make make you stronger. So that's what I'm going through right now, man. The struggles. <laughs> yeah, I get it, man. Listen, the shit happens. It's it's the real deal. Uh, you just got to keep your head straight and and keep your chin up and keep pushing through it every day. You know, it's it's the shit that yeah, everyone thinks the entrepreneurial life is all this glamour and shit and. Yeah. Uh, what they don't see is it's it's going it's doing the basics on a consistent level each and every day, no matter what, that makes you successful in the end. You know, it's you getting up and practicing gratitude every morning. It's you getting up and writing a Facebook post every morning. It's you uh, writing a Facebook post every couple of days or even every day, every so often, reminding people what you do for a living without actually pitching them. Uh, it's you. Building that no, that no like and trust factor with your prospects who will later become your clients. It's you intentionally building a dream 25 list and saying, hey, this is who I want to work with one day. And it's 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 that little thing right there that activates the subconscious that basically when you go to sleep at night, your subconscious is, is working hard because it's at the forefront of your your conscious mind. And your subconscious mind takes over at night and holy shit, magically, three months <laughs> later, one of your Dream 25 clients is now actually a client. So it's doing all that stuff. Some people might call it hokey or woo-woo or, you know, hippie shit. Um, but man, I got to tell you, I've seen it firsthand work so many times. I'll give you one. Check this out. So you and I both have someone in, uh, in common who we work with, Zach Babcock. Yeah. Uh, Zach, uh, he, I don't even know if he knows this, uh, but I was watching that dude for a while. I knew who he was for a long time. I think you said it, yeah, at the mastermind. Yeah. And uh, I think I did. I think what I'm about to tell you, I, I told everybody there. Um, had my eye on him for a while. And uh, a situation came up where my podcast producer, who I was using, fell off the planet and I needed someone to come in quick. And the first person I thought of was Zach Babcock because he was front of mind because he was constantly in my social media feed every damn day. (laughs) And part of that was intentional by me. And the intentionality on me was because Zach was on my dream 25 list to get into apex executives. Okay. I wanted him in our top tier program because I knew the dude's a powerhouse and can do massive things. So 
when you when you put somebody into your dream 25 list you're setting their facebook profile to show first at the top of your feed so i'm constantly seeing zach so my trick that i'm trying to play on him is actually getting played on me because now he's top of mind with me too so when i need podcasting services up oh, fuck i'll go to zach boom i become a client okay now i'm a client of his I'm building no like and trust. I've got this dude on my dream 25 list and all of a sudden he's ready to make some moves. And guess what? Guess who becomes a client of ours now? Boom. Comes right over. So it's like, it's just, it's just amazing how, um, when you become intentional, what you can make happen, even while you're not even consciously making it happen. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> That's crazy. That's like all these people, everybody listening is going to get so much value from that. Cause I know I'm not, I'm going to put this shit on repeat <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to write, like start writing all this shit down. Cause you know, every time you watch something, you listen to something, you always pick up something new. Yep. Damn dude. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I'm the same way, bro. I was listening <laughs> to a book earlier today and um, I'm actually going to open my phone right now. Cause I wrote this down. Right. And if, if you go check out my Facebook post today, I actually posted it. So I, uh, I'm reading this book, and one of the one of the, the things the dude said in the book was, you cannot borrow your debt. I'm sorry, let me read this again because I just butchered it. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot borrow your way out of debt, and that was really impactful. I was like, oh shit, that guy just like he just dropped a nugget right there, a golden nugget. So I literally, like a freaking lunatic, I pull over in my truck. I'm driving home from the gym. I pull over <laughs> and I write it down. Because if I didn't write it down right that second, that thought would have been gone forever. Yeah. And so probably you listen to it again. Yeah. So uh, now it's 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 saved as a as an iNote in my phone, and uh, I I looked at it. It I just posted it on Facebook today. Twelve months from today, it's gonna pop up in my memories. It's gonna remind me again. Um, and it's something that I'll leave in my notes, and every so often I sift through my notes. And I, I just want a reminder of where my head was, where my mind was six months, a year ago. And I'll come across that note and be like, oh, shit, I remember exactly where I was and what I was doing when I read that or wrote it down. It's crazy. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that post. Yep. Yeah, man, that's crazy. So um, as we're uh, wrapping up here, we're getting to the end of the time frame. I uh, just tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, the best place to find me is head over to connectwiththomas.com. Uh, my name has no H. It's not Thomas. <laughs> it's Thomas, T-O-M-A-S, connectwiththomas.com. Um, that's a landing page right there that, that has links to every living bit of me on social media, the internet, uh, email addresses, social media, uh, my websites, and all that kind of crap. My podcast, you can find all that over there. If you want to check out my podcast, just check it out at uh, either Apple, Spotify, Google, all the big ones. Just just go in and search for Step It Up Entrepreneur Podcast. And uh, I think I'm having you on in the very near future too, sir. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm excited. Yep. It should be good, dude. Yeah. I, I was listening to um, The One With Zach, dude. That's a, that, I played it twice, back to back. <laughs> that yep, was a good one. Dude, man. I got to tell you that that was one of my favorite episodes that I recorded. Uh, he came in. It was late at night. I was tired. Like that dude walked into the podcast studio at Break Free Academy, and like the energy level in the room just went, just lit up. <laughs> and him and I got down. And the funny thing is, I was kind of pissed 
we talked for a good 20 to 30 minutes before we hit the record button on the podcast. And it was <laughs> probably 10 times better than what we actually recorded. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, sure. yeah, we, we just, we had a, we had a ball, man. We had, it's cool. Cause we had, uh, we had some of Zach's team in there with us. I had, I had a friend of mine who, cause the, the, the apex live event that you just came to, yeah. this was the, the prior quarters one. So we, we do it every three months. So three, three months prior, Zach and his team came in for that event and he came in the night early, um, to record that podcast with me. So I had some friends in town, he had his team in town and they were all in there just like, just everyone, everyone else additional in that room just brought the energy level up. People were taking pictures and shit. It was, it was cool, man. It was a good experience. And, uh, that is definitely one of my favorite episodes to this day. He came in, he's, you know, Zach, me and Zach, he comes in he just brings the fire and, uh. We yeah. we had a good talk and we, we laughed our asses off too, which is always fun. <laughs> That's dope, man. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for taking time out of your day. Being yeah, on the show. sure, dude. I appreciate you and uh, look forward to our chat coming up soon. For sure, man. Peace. Later.